Good morning, church, and Happy New Year. It's not quite there yet tomorrow, but uh, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us today and uh, ending 2023, uh, hopefully on a good note for you. And uh, just a word of encouragement to you, New Year's resolutions last eight weeks. So there's a word of encouragement to you as we go into 2024. We really do believe that we're better together, and uh, we do that in small groups of people. So if you're not in a small group, we encourage you to get connected in a group. They meet every single week, uh, all different types of people groups and age groups. Head to guest services before you leave today. If you have any questions about those, you can also comment groups on the live stream, and we'll reach out to you this week if you have any questions about that. We're kicking off a new series uh, to start the year, going into a new series called What's Needed Most? That's the question we're going to ask heading into 2024, and we're going to look at the book of Proverbs. Let's go ahead and get started today. Hey guys, great to see you. Connie and I are so excited to see you guys again, and uh, we had a terrific time. We are uh, in Vancouver with our son, his wife, and two grandkids. Uh, Liv had a birthday December 21st. She's seven. Oslo's four. A lot of fun. Probably the most time we spent with those kids since they were born, and uh, I think they figured out who we were. Uh, so Grammy, she's Grammy, at least in Canada, and I'm Peppa everywhere I go, so it was fun. And I hope you guys got well. Some of you I see back who I was talking to before I left, and uh, illnesses and colds, and my nose is running. Connie's trying to catch cold, got off plane sniffling, so everybody's got stuff. But, you know, I'm glad you're here, and uh, really, I hope that we can all kind of get things captured and lined up. And the uh, series that I'm going to kick off here with you guys today, I started last night. And I tell you, it really is uh, a game changer for all of us. No matter what's ahead, no matter come what may, if we can get this little line that's in my first verse that I'm going to show you in just a second and get that burned into your heart and your head so that it never leaves, it will be a game changer for whatever happens next. God is big. That's not the verse, but he is. God is big, and we are little. And if we can get that straight and keep it straight, that God's big and we're little, everything else is going to work out. That's it. So just hang on to that thought, and I'm going to give you the verse that goes with it. And we're going to look at this series from Proverbs before we flip the page here and uh, turn a corner and say, let's go. Say, let's go. Here's the verse I'm, I'm going to give you just here. Uh, Proverbs starts out with this one baseline idea and premise that is in every chapter and every lesson that I'm going to give you. So here's the verse. The beginning of wisdom and knowledge starts with the fear of God. So let's put Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Let's, start, let's put that verse up there, Fred. 
The fear of the Lord. That's what it's about. That's what I'm talking about today. That's what this series is about. That's the baseline and premise of everything that we're going to find out uh, in the new year, 2024. Uh, how do I do that? What is it about? What does it look like? I'm going to give you some takeaways, applic application, introduce this lesson a little bit. Let that linger. <laughs> If we don't get this, nothing else is going to make any difference. You need to be wiser. And so do I. I don't care who you are. But not with your wisdom. You need God's wisdom. And there's only one way to get it. You and I got to figure out how to fear God and respect God and honor God and revere God like electricity. Now, I'm really glad on a cold day that we got electricity in the buildings. Amen? Heck yeah. Because it's got power and it'll warm you up and it'll make your socks tingle and, man, it'll bring the sweat out on your forehead and... I'm glad we got power and electricity in the building, and I'm glad that you do at your house, and I'm glad that we're not homeless. And so I'm understanding how to respect electricity, and, and we need to understand how to respect it in such a way that you don't walk out of the house and leave the knob on high because you might burn the house down. Say amen? amen? If you don't know what to do with power... You can overlook it, you can abuse it, you can neglect it, you can do a lot of crazy stuff. And so God is power like electricity. And if we don't respect it and honor it and him who has power, he'll knock your socks off like burning your house down. Do you hear what I'm saying? Say amen. amen. You want to be wise, you want to have a year that matters, you want to get all this stuff lined up, it starts with what I'm saying right now. We've got to understand that God has power to keep us warm and snugly and hug us to death, and man, that's the good part. That's the Jesus part. But there's another side of it, like that electric heater that you forgot was on high and you walked out of the house, neglected it, forgot it, and came back and everything was up in smoke because you forgot. If you ain't careful, you forget who God is. So do I. I'm not any big shot. I'm not the boss in the room. But I can tell you who is. God is big. And we are little. And if we can keep that straight, it will really matter. And it really will make a difference. And I hope that's enough to get you started this year in the right direction and that you'll hang on to this verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's where we've got to start. Fear and respect and honor and reverence of who God really is. We made God too little. We put him in a little box. He's my buddy. Yeah, he is your buddy. Jesus is our friend. Friend is six closer than a brother. But he's also an all-righteous, holy God who can just take us out anytime he wants. So pay attention. Grab a few notes here today. We'll get this thing started. Fearing God, respecting God is like respecting electricity. We sure enjoy it because it keeps us warm. But don't abuse it, for, forget it, neglect it. You guys who are home, if you're sitting there right now in your pajamas, 
That's fine. I'm glad you're I'm glad you can catch us online. Come on, pull on in a little bit because I'm talking to you guys as well. I'm just telling you guys who are sitting at home right now because it's easier, it's comfortable. I'm glad you can do that. And we're going to keep doing this streaming stuff because it helps. It helps all of us. But don't take God for granted. Amen? I don't care who you are. God is big and we are little. He's the boss and we're not in charge. And so I'm glad for it. I'm glad that he's big because we need, we're little. We need his big help all the time. But, man, don't get this mixed up. He's like electricity. Make sure you know what electricity can do. All right, here's three takeaways I want you to jot down. Fred's going to put the notes on the screen. Man, I'm glad for, I'm glad Fred helps guide me because sometimes I'm everywhere in my head trying to tell you what I want to say. So God's going to give me the right words. You just get a few of the notes down. It'll be great. Here's the first one. Proverbs is not like any other book in the Bible. It's unlike anything else you've ever read in the Bible. Proverbs is unique and a standalone storybook that really can help us because it's really not a story. It's got these phrases and verses and nuggets and gems of wisdom like jewels in a jewelry store. Solomon is the author. Solomon has recorded these words for us that are different and unique from all the other 800,000 words that are in the Bible. There's a lot of words in the Bible, 66 books, 39 books or letters in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. There's a lot of chapters. There's a lot of headings and titles. But Proverbs is a standalone, one-of-a-kind kind of book. It's not about Noah and the flood. It's not about an event. It's not about David and Goliath like a story that we'll never forget. It's not like that. It's not like a letter to the churches written to Ephesus or Galatia or Corinth like you would like write a letter to a friend. It's not like that either. That's not Proverbs. Proverbs is not like that. Proverbs is different. Write this down. It is simply a collection of very wise sayings that Solomon recorded, who was the wisest man who ever lived. And it's things like this that he records for us. Proverbs chapter 18. The first to present his case seems right. You ran up to mom and said, I didn't do it. He did it, pointing to your little brother. Sounds like a reasonable case until mom gets the little brother's story. Amen? There's more to the story. So Solomon says, the first to present his case seems right till another comes forward and questions him. That's what Proverbs is like. It's common sense. It is a gem of understanding and insight that you and I need. And it's not like a lot of words, it's a phrase. Unlike anywhere else in the Bible. Here's another one, Proverbs eleven fourteen. For lack of guidance, a nation falls. But many advisors make victory sure. You got a job interview. I talked to some of you about a job interview happening this week. You got some health issues. I've been praying with some of you about some health situations. 
you need help, guys. You need advisors in the room. You need to listen to your doctors. You need to listen to somebody who can actually give you a job. You need to pay attention. You need to do your best and put your best foot forward. A guy who gets too big for his britches and thinks, I don't need anybody's help, not a good idea. You're ready for trouble. Something's fixing to happen that you don't want to happen. Amen? This is common sense. This isn't like a big, long sermon. I'm just giving you guys these ideas. The book of Proverbs is different from other things, unlike anything else in the Bible. It's just a collection of wise words to, to guide us. Here's another, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, haughty spirit before fall. You get too big for your britches, it's not very pretty. So you kind of get a feel for what I'm talking about the book of Proverbs. Made up of stuff just like this, little phrases, little nuggets and gems of wisdom that can be learned, and you can learn it and use it as common sense. And so here's another thing to unpack, not only about Proverbs, is that it's a collection of wise sayings. It's also a book of principles and not promises. That's another place. Put that down in your notes. This will help you remember this. It has principles, Bible principles. It has principles for better living in life and how, how do I be more wise? It's, it's a little bit unique in, in that it is not written like the laws in the Bible and Deuteronomy or Genesis or somewhere in the Bible that has strict guidance. It's not like that. Proverbs is more like a, a life book of lessons for gaining insight. Now, now, why is that important that I can try to clarify the difference between a Bible promise and a Bible principle? You can, you can really, uh, you can learn a lot from a promise. Hang on, cling to your promises of God. For I am with you and I will be with you to the end of these ages. Last words in the Bible in the book of Revelation. Uh, cling to the promises of God. But there are a lot of principles in the Bible that also help guide us. And so in understanding that these principles are things that we should take to heart, it always is good that we understand sooner or later principles eventually have an exception, an exception to the rule sometimes. And I'll give you an example of what I'm trying to say, how you can understand Proverbs is a little different. Here's probably the most famous proverb that we all remember if you've gone to church and read your Bible ever at all. It's in Proverbs chapter 22, and it's one of the most famous proverbs that have been quoted probably from Solomon through the years. Let's put it up there. That says, start children or train children. Train up a child in the way he should go, and then when he is old, he will not depart or he will not turn from it. All right, look at those words for a second. You've read that, heard that, you believe that, and you should. Get your kid to church. Get him back here with these guys. Get him in somebody's church. Get him a Bible. Get your kid a children's Bible. Put the phone down for a second. Get him a Bible. Come on, get them start reading some of it themselves. Train your child when they're young. Amen? Amen. Yeah, heck yeah. Con Connie and I went to, what, Connie? We, 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 had, we went to four church services last Sunday. I, I watched Brian twice. 
uh, a Saturday and Sunday. Then we went with uh, our son and his wife, and then we also visited, you know, uh, our in-laws, his in-laws. We went to church. I mean, I, I listened. We watched. There were kids in the room. I was really encouraged. I, I was really encouraged to see other families bringing kids, and they were sitting with adults. And I'm like, yeah, good. way to go. Way to go, Canada. Way to go, Vancouver. I was like, way to go. And so I'm just telling you guys that train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. It's a good idea. It's a, it is a life principle that you can count on, but it's not a rule and guarantee. There are exceptions to the rule. And everybody's got a family tree. Everybody's got a kid. Where one of them, they got the Bible for Christmas years ago. But something kind of got twisted off somewhere along the way. And they hadn't kept their end of the bargain about growing and learning and listening. And so they're kind of a difficult child to work with. It's not a guarantee that if you train up your child and take them to church every single weekend that they're going to be like, you know, perfect they're not Jesus things can happen and so understand the difference it's a collection of wise sayings but it's not it's not a, a promise it is a principle and there can be some exceptions sometimes and uh, that's helpful to know that so don't get don't get discouraged because one of your kids is more difficult than the other maybe you've got a compliant child and they're just like a peach maybe one of them's not <laughs> Maybe it's the grandchild. Maybe one of them's not. And I'm just saying it's the truth. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep working with them. And uh, don't give up on yourself either. And don't give up on them. Most of the time a kid's going to turn out great. But sometimes you raise somebody that they just want to be difficult. And so this generally is a rule that we can follow. Generally that's the way it works out. But sooner or later there is an exception to the rule. Sooner or later. Sooner or later. Hey, do me a favor. Turn and look at somebody pretty close to you and say, it's not me. I'm not the exception. Turn and look at somebody and say, I'm not the exception. No, you're sweet as a peach. I know you are. Yeah, you're sweet as a peach. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm going to ask some of your mamas and grandmas all about you. I know all about you, too. Yeah. You get it. You understand what I'm saying. So, Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings, and it's a book of principles and not promises, and that really matters. It's a collection that was put together over 3,000 years ago, and it's still very helpful today. It's not, you know, the Bible's not outdated. It's still truth for today. God has preserved it for us today. It's just as relevant today as it was 3,000 years ago. It's got great stuff to guide us, stuff we can use over and over and so let's go back to Proverbs again while I'm talking about this. Let's dive in here a little bit more. Verse, verse 1 through 6 of Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, verse 1, that's the part I skipped. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. He's the guy that wrote this down. And then he tells us why he wrote it down. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. If you think life is a mystery and 
your kids talk to you in riddles, then you ought, you ought to ask for wisdom to interpret what are they talking about. Amen? If you're having a hard time in your marriage, like, what's wrong with us? Why can't we get this straight? Why can't we find a way to make this better? Well, how about praying for some wisdom from God that you can figure it out, buddy? Amen? Yeah, instead of just getting angry, kicking things around the room. Why don't we just decide this year's going to be different? I'm going to pray first and ask first for God's wisdom because that's where it all starts. And I need to fear and respect God who gives wisdom like electricity. Yeah, now I'm getting it. Now it's cooking up here. Yeah, now you're figuring this out. So par the parables are, are kind of little lessons for us to learn, life lessons and principles, but Proverbs is really unique. And Solomon says, I'm writing all this stuff down to give you some help, and you ought to study this. You really ought to study this all the time and think about it all the time. So some of you already got your 2024 calendar. It's already stuck up there right now. I bet you it's already hanging on the wall right now. And it might be the Hallmark calendar. It might be the place you work. You got pretty pictures. You got a tree or a bush, something that symbolizes peace. I don't know. You got them. We got them. And we're going to get them. <laughs> And we think, oh, isn't that nice? I got me a 2024 calendar. got these little cute little sayings. Proverbs is not like some little hallmark saying that you can just put it on a little calendar and say, oh, that's nice. You can throw it in a trash can, tear the page off, and you're done with that. Let's, I'm tired of listening to that. I, let's find another one. What's, what's in February? I want to see what's on February already. If you're not careful, before I get done with this message, you're going to tear this off and throw it away like a little funny, a little funny thing that you saw on somebody's calendar, like a little hallmark saying, yeah, that's cute. Proverbs is more than some little cute saying that's printed on the front of a calendar. These words will help guide us to attain wisdom and discipline which you and I need in our life. Amen. You need this stuff, and your kid needs this stuff. All right, you got that much of it. So it's not like anything else. Proverbs is different than anything else in the Bible, 800,000 words, 66 books, and all that stuff I've said. And here's the second thing. There are two types of people that are described, and you and I are one or the other in Proverbs. And I'm, I'm going to ask you in a second, which one are you? Yeah, there's two people here. Here, here you go. There are those who are called the righteous, or also, he says, prudent. Depends on what translation you're using. Righteous, prudent, disciplined, or wise. That's one type of person. And the other is called the wicked, or foolish, fool, yeah, fool, or simpleton, or sluggard, or lazy. So you got these two people. One's called righteous, one's called wicked. And so I'm not going to ask you to throw your hands up. I'm not going to ask you to do that. Right, somebody pull his hand down because I already know he shouldn't put his hand. I'm just saying most of us probably think that we do fairly good 
And probably we, we're pretty confident that most of the time we can see ourselves. Most of the time we can see ourselves in this wiser group, righteous group, I want to do it right group. Most of the time. I don't think anybody gets up in the morning and says, I'm just going to be a sluggard. I'm just going to be lazy. I'm just going to be stupid. I'm just going to be wicked and mean. And mean. Most of us don't start there. Now, there are some people that they're already there, but I'm just saying we don't usually start there. That's not how we go. So most of us that are listening and you guys that are online, and I say there are two kind of people and you're one or the other, most of us kind of find ourselves sliding into this wiser group and not the foolish group. So you know what the Bible does, and you know what Solomon does, because he's the wisest man who ever lived. He knows how we are as people, and we kind of give ourselves a pass when we're not being so wise. Say amen? So he gives us a little clinical analysis here, and he describes which camp you are in right now at this moment. And it goes back to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 that I said is the baseline for everything about wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, verse 7, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fools. So it turns out, if you listen to this in his words, it's like this, do you fear the Lord or don't you? Is the question we've got to answer that only you can answer. And it is the theme of Proverbs that you're going to hear over and over and over again. He uses this same clinical analysis for all of us as we try to identify which way are we leaning, the righteous or wicked. For instance, in chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. That would be foolish. Say foolish. Your friends on Facebook try to flatter you. Like, you're right. Yeah, you're right. They're wrong. All your social media people. All your people at work at break that you talk to and those that you don't talk to, you ignore but people flatter us and talk to us, and we got a twinkle in our eyes. And Proverbs chapter 3 says, don't, don't do this. Do not be unwise. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and stay away from evil. So do you fear God, respect God like electricity? Do you revere God's word? And do you do it in such a way that it's consistent and that you're staying away from people that really are phony and really are negative and really are ungodly and really aren't helping you at all. Amen? Yeah, that's, that's kind of what he's telling us. He says, here's a test, chapter 3. Here's another verse, chapter 9. Look at chapter 9, verse 10. Look on the screen. I'll read it, but look at, look at the verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that same phrase, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. God is big and we are little. He is holy and righteous and we're trying to be better. So work on it. Work on trying to be holy and righteous and wise by fearing and respecting one who already is, God. Respect and honor and revere God. It starts there. Here's another. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 2. He whose walk is upright, If you're inconsistent, you're not standing upright. If you can't walk a straight line, you're not sober. 
Now, you can tell anybody in the world that I'm okay and I just had three drinks, but I'm telling you, if you can't walk a straight line, you're not sober. If your life is not straight line from here to God, you're not living a sober life. I'm just telling you, come on. It's the truth. It's what he's talking about. He whose walk is upright fears God, fears the Lord, respects God like electricity, but he whose ways are crooked and wobble and devious despises him. That's what happens to us. We're in the unwise group. We're in the wicked group. We're in the lazy group instead of the righteous group. And we can slide over there with the help of one or two people that pat us on the back and say, let's go. Amen? Oh, my goodness. So, it's the truth. It's what he says. And all throughout the Proverbs, there's this line drawn in the dirt. The wise fear God, and the fools or foolish do not. And so, here's number three. Proverbs is not like anything else, and there's two kinds of people that are mentioned in the Bible. One or the other, we are hopefully more in the righteous group instead of the wicked group. And if you're struggling, get, get with good people who can help you stay in the righteous group, the, the people who try to do right each day. Get better friends. Pick better friends. Listen to God. Read your Bible. If you're taking notes, the line that separates these two wise and wicked people that are described is found in the question and you're not going to like the question because it's the only idea I got today. And it's the same question I started with. And I said, this is the premise for everything that's going to follow in this series. It's the baseline. It's the question that really matters most. Do you fear the Lord? That's the question. That's how you're going to answer this question, where you are today. And I can't answer it for you, but do you fear and respect and revere and honor God like electricity. That you enjoy the warmth of your heart. You rejoice. You enjoy the rescue. But have you abused his power thinking that he's not looking? And how you're walking your everyday walk around life. So Solomon tells us the intent of this question is to push us a little deeper and not just have some kind of formal yes to make ourselves feel better. He wants us to feel a little uncomfortable here, and I'm, I'm sure this question is bothering all of us, and it bothers me as well. Does this righteous respect and fear and honor of God change the way that we live is what he's asking us. Are you any different than you were last week? Last Christmas? I mean, just you and God standing here, not me or anybody else. I mean, the real question is, are you any better version of the person God wants you to be than you were a few days ago? That's what he's asking us. Does this kind of righteous fear change the way that we live? It's a big idea, big box idea. Are you scared of what God can do like electricity? Or you just say, oh, he's my homeboy. Hmm. We need to have a healthy respect for electricity. We need to enjoy it, but we need to understand that he can also burn the house down. 
working two jobs, trying to build a farm, a house, trying to be a legend at work, work all kinds of overtime, do everything that you want to do. It can be gone in an instant if you're not paying attention. I left the power on high and walked out of the house, and now it's all up in smoke. Yeah. My, my marriage is a wreck. My kids don't know me. I don't have any friends. I don't even like myself. A lot of things can happen. Yeah, if you don't respect and honor and fear Lord, the Lord himself. You guys are tracking. It's the truth. We're glad for God, like electricity, that keeps us all snugly warm in our electric blanket all winter. And it is absolutely safe in some kind of controlled setting. When you got the little knob in your hand, it really is. But if it's not in your hand and somehow you have an overload of that power, if you end up hitting 20 or 30,000 volts, it'll stop your heart and it will, you will be dead. And it's kind of how Solomon is telling us the story of all of us in life that God is big and we are little, and if we don't keep that straight, we'll lose our job, lose our family, lose our hope, maybe even lose our life. Fearing God is important in 2024, who God is. C.S. Lewis wrote a book in the Narnia Chronicles, and he was having a conversation with the kids, and one of the kids who saw God and Jesus represented as a lion they ask, they ask, is he tame? Is the lion tame? And C.S. Lewis in the Narnia Chronicles said, is he safe? No, he's not safe. He's a lion. We've made God somehow into some kind of little pussycat, a little cat that crawls around the floor in our house, and we've overlooked who he really is. He is the Lion of Judah in the Bible. And he has this power. So how do how do we handle this? How do we how do we show proper fear, respect? How do we revere and honor God in the way that we should? Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says one verse. Here's a verse to open our eyes. And here's what Here's what verse 13, chapter 8 says. To fear the Lord, to revere him, to respect him like electricity, to honor him like we should, is to hate evil. Still with me? Nod your head so I know that you had not left yet. A lot of words, probably gone farther than I should. Probably should have wrapped this up already. But you got to get this, guys. You're not gonna, it's not going to work very well the rest of the week, the rest of the day, the rest of the year. God's big and we're little. And if we don't listen, if you give yourself a pass and your friends give you a pass because everybody just pats you on the back to flatter you and say, you know, it's okay, what does God say? And so the way to answer that question, if I'm really fearing God as I should, it is do I hate evil, truly hate evil, because God does. If we're becoming more like God, we'll become more like him in hating evil that's in our life. And to be honest with you and to be very frank with you, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but some of us in here give ourselves a pass by saying that's okay because there are some things that we enjoy doing that are not of God. 
Now, you don't want to talk about it, and I don't need to know it, but God already knows it. There are some things that you say and do behind doors with other people not around, nobody looking but God, and it is not holy and righteous. And until you begin to hate that so much that you want to be more like God, you're going to struggle with fearing and respecting like electricity what he could do if it got out of hand and out of control to us. Bible's full of them. Full of examples of the power of God of people that ignored who he was. And I don't want to be one of them. And I don't want you to be one of those. And I think that we can all learn from this lesson. Lesson number one. If we're brutally honest, there is some evil that we don't hate. Matter of fact, some of it we're attracted to. Secretly, we enjoy it. But we decide to do it anyway. Or we decide not to do it, but it's not because we fear God or respect God. It's because you're afraid you're going to lose your job or your marriage spouse is going to kick you to the curb. That, that's what we feel like we're, we're afraid I might go to jail if somebody finds out about this and my name ends up in the paper. Got quiet in the room. You guys who are home, I hope you're still listening. You give yourself a pass and say, oh yeah, I hate evil. Do you really? Are you changing? Are you being transformed to be more like Jesus? Are you still attracted to things that the world dangles in front of your eyes that you enjoy and pretend it is okay? Whatever keeps us from going and doing sin and evil is a good thing. I'm glad if you're just afraid that you're going to lose your marriage or lose your job or lose your standing in the community and be embarrassed, I, that's fine. I, what, whatever keeps us from sin and evil is a great thing. Don't grab a hold of 30,000 volts of electricity no matter what prevents us from doing it. Maybe somebody shouts at us and says, look out. Well, that's, gr that's great. Maybe that's great. Maybe somebody said a prayer for you and, you know, said don't touch this. Maybe you got a signal from them, from them that way. You might end up like barbecue on a stick. Maybe somebody told you that. That's great. But when we really begin to understand how great and powerful God is and how holy he is, it's like understanding the power of electricity. We literally begin to hate evil because we have a new perspective that comes from God. And the fact that we're not really hating some of the things that are in our lives right now, which go against God, and that's for all of us that's in the room, indicates that we are struggling in this really fearing and respecting and honoring and revering God and fully understanding his holiness. It will change us when we decide that we really mean it. And it is a reality check. Most of us stay away from evil because we're afraid of getting caught. Afraid of getting caught by somebody, the cops or somebody else, but we really are. We're, what motivates us most of the time is I don't want to embarrass myself in some way. And that's good and that's okay and I'm glad it keeps you out of trouble. Maybe it keeps you from getting a cop, getting a ticket from a cop when you slow down. But uh, there is more to the story 
there is more to learn. We began to listen to God. We began to trust God and ask God to change us. Grace, we are saved by grace through faith at baptism. And there is grace and there is this Jesus is my friend who sticks closer than a brother. And the New Testament is filled with all those stories of God's love for everyone. And he does love everyone. But we should never, ever forget who we are dealing with, this holy, righteous God. And we've got to decide to turn our way over to God's way to live a better life. Because he really is, he is the most powerful force in the universe. When I was in the military, I was on a missile site in Seoul, South Korea, or south south of Seoul. And we had we had nuclear warheads. We we had uh, eight missiles that had nuclear warheads, plus other kind of missiles as well. And we were in F battery, and there were five other batteries, army units spread around South Korea, and they also had eight nuclear warheads. And they told us during training in AIT that one of the missiles that we had that was nuclear had more power than both of the bombs they dropped on Japan at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Atomic power is amazing. It will blow half the world away if they light them all at once. That's the kind of God I'm talking about. There's this power of God that we need to recognize and understand. Getting God's wisdom first comes with fearing God, says Solomon. The creator God is more than just a little seat buddy. He is big and we are small. And he has this power like an atomic bomb that can take your pants right off, buddy. He'll fry you to the ground if he has to to get your attention. And he'll ruin you and destroy you. And you will crumble. So here's the bottom line. I'm wrapped up. I hope that helps. Proverbs is a scary place if you're not ready to listen. It's not like a feel-good moment. But it is something we really need to hear as we get ready to flip the page. And try to understand how, how we can make things better by seeking God's wisdom. It begins with this fear and respect of God that I've described. How great and powerful and holy is God. Not fearing the Lord makes us foolish. So don't be foolish. Let's ask God to give us his wisdom. Say amen. All right. You guys pass the communion. I'm going to read a verse of scripture. We'll take communion together. You guys who are home, let's do this too. Won't you guys do this too? Let's grab something that's some kind of symbol. I know we got kids in the back. I know you're ready to go home. We've got another holiday. Happy New Year, New Year's Eve. But after talking to you for the last 30 minutes or so about the, how much we should fear, respect, and honor God, I don't want to rush through communion too fast here. So let me hang on just a second while you take your cup and read just a couple of thoughts. One of my favorite... <clears throat> One of my favorite songs this year with K-Love has been stuck in my head 
And I wrote, the, I wrote these words down as I came in this morning. On the best day, on my best day, I'm a child of God. And on my worst day, I'm a child of God. And every day is a good day because I am a child of God. And that is comforting to all of us after I've had a message like I just shared with you in that it is a good day because of Jesus. And we have mercy and we have forgiveness. And it is possible. God will give us a restart. And we're fixing to take communion. And I want you to ask God if you've been that person who've just been flattered by others and you've just been giving yourself a pass and you're really not changing much of anything in your life and know that you should stop like right now. And I should begin hating the evil in my heart that I cling to, that I enjoy. If you're thinking those kind of thoughts, it's okay. We're just people. It's okay not to be okay. But don't stay there. Don't stay at that place. Ask God to do a miracle in you right now before we take this communion. That you're going to have the desire to seek God first. And that you're going to fear God and revere and honor and respect God like He deserves. Because He's all-powerful and He's holy and righteous. And so I'm just saying that this should be the miracle of Christmas that we all need. This should be the miracle of our life every day. But let's pray about that. Not just read this phrase that I read from on my best day I'm a child of God on my worst day I'm a child of God so every day is a good day because I'm a child of God yes 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 but are we becoming a more holy and righteous child of God and if not God wants us to he wants us to change our attitudes and our hearts and our behavior so that we can walk a straight line and so that we are sober I don't, mean, I don't mean just with alcohol. I mean sober in our minds, sober in our attitudes and thoughts about ourselves and our value. In our TikTok world that we live in with social media today, there is a risk that we want to be more relevant. And that desire to be more relevant with social media may turn out to make us more foolish. Don't slide into this foolish group. Stay in an audience with those who are wise. Wisdom begins with fear and respect for God. Take the bread. What a friend we have in Jesus. Let's pray. God, I need help. So do we all and everybody in the world. And our world is crumbling around us. And all the foundations of this world that we put our trust in, they've let us down. We're not sure whether to trust health care. We're not sure whether or not we can trust our government. We're not sure whether we can trust our neighbor across the street. But there's one thing that's certain, we can trust you. And you are trustworthy. And may you pull us close to your chest right now. And may we let it go. Whatever it is that we've got wadded up in our hand and in our fist that has any resemblance to evil, God, whatever thought or image or 
word or whatever thing that somebody has said about us that flattered us in some evil way. May we let it go. May we open our hand. Will you peel our fingers apart right now, one at a time if you have to? Will you take every one of these things out of our reach, out of our grasp? And will you give us a desire to hate evil as much as you hate evil? And will you keep working on us until we can say, God, I am getting better. Thank you, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all pass the cups. Drop them in that little basket there. Put your offering in the plate. Help us out if you can. Give a generous gift at the end of the year or last year chance to get some love for God and love for his church called Journey and others. We're going to sing another song and maybe I've hit on a nerve about something today. Maybe God just opened your hand and you've let go of some things that you need to pray about. So if that's you, let's go pray. Let's ask God to help us. Let's sing another song. Let's stand.